0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The Casey Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play, putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel.
2: What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? They got it done. The seventh straight AFC West division title is now in their grasp. As the Chiefs, in a thrilling fashion, I guess, uh, beat the Houston Texans 30 to 24. I'm trying to get as excited as possible about that game. I'm joined by Kent Swanson, Tucker Franklin behind uh, the booth or remotely uh, doing this show. Uh, he's producing this thing. Craig Stout and Maddie Lane will be joining us here in a little bit. Pretty brutal to watch, but at the end of the day, nobody got hurt. The Chiefs did win the game. This is going to be a, I know what this show is going to be about, but at the end of the day, they won the football game. Nobody got hurt. They won the division. Survive, advance, move on. Nobody cares at the end because you got a a win in that dub column. But uh, Kent, (laughs) I'll just give you the floor at this point because everybody's kind of expecting you to lose your mind. And I, I just don't know how to feel right now, man.
3: Overtime road win to secure the AFC West, baby. I'm sure. I'm, I'm turning yep. heel on people that wanted to see Rant Swanson today. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, I mean, w- there's plenty to discuss about this game. It was d- so much disgusting in so many different ways. Not Mahomes. Mahomes was awesome. Uh, the Chiefs somehow pull it out late. They t- takes overtime to beat literally the worst team in football. But, hey, look, 11-3, and three, AFC West champions. Uh, luckily, the playoffs didn't start today because it would be over very, very quickly uh, if that was the case, if what we saw this week uh, was what they put out in January. Thank God there's more games before January.
2: Yeah, we're going to get into this one, I'm sure. And I know Craig and Maddie are going to have their takes on, on what went wrong today for a team that, uh, I mean, the line was 14 points. Nobody expected that game to be that close. Uh, I was more interested at what point Chad Henney was going to get into this mm-hmm. game and I'm going to give a little bit of credit to the Texans because all week it said you know it's hard for fans to get up for this game can't imagine from a player's perspective or from the Texans uh, but they were fired up they were ready to go and they really brought it to the Chiefs early in the game physically emotionally all of it just seemed like they were more into this game but um, again at the end of the day the Chiefs got that win and we're going to break it all down. The one thing, and I know we generally start this show and it kind of always leads to that talking about Patrick Mahomes. And if there's a game that you want to point to that the chiefs did not play well, but he still showed what he's worth as the MVP of this league. This is the game that I think you could point to in a very kind of in-depth kind of way, just because uh, Texans, not a great football team, uh, should not have been this close, but had nothing to do, in my opinion, and we can get into it with the way that Patrick Mahomes played. He finished the game 36 of 41 for 336 yards, two touchdowns uh, through the air, and then 33 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And it felt like whenever the Chiefs needed him to make a big play, he did that. The big sack at the end, glad that didn't cost him because that was a bad play. But overall, Kent, Patrick Mahomes proved why he's the MVP of the league in this game.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it for me. I mean, it was this was not a Mahomes problem today in the slightest. Thirty six of forty one, like that completion percentage is absolutely absurd. Made very good decisions with the ball. Didn't put the ball at risk. Showed a lot of pride. I think in you know he made some mistakes last week, and I think the response today was uh, almost perfection from from the quarterback. And it's crazy that this game was close. Uh, it, because of the way that this guy played throughout the entirety of the game. I thought decision-making was on par, or it was on point, I mean. Uh, and, I mean, he he put together a great game. Uh, used his legs, I think, at, at outstanding times uh, when his team needed him the most. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't put the ball at risk really either. Just a, a very, very steady performance. There's plenty to discuss surrounding him. I mean, right, you know, two fumbles uh, from the from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, yep. Making this game a lot more interesting than it needed to be, giving the short field uh, to the Texans and giving uh, you know uh, and and stalling out a drive that would would have ended in points, but it was at no fault to 15, who I think responding from a rough performance last week was outstanding.
2: Yeah. I think you guys have heard me talk about this before, about like the, the four key stats. I used to keep track of these when I was at the chiefs, it's, you know, red zone efficiency, third down efficiency, turnovers, and penalty yards. And if you were better than your opponent in three, at least three of those areas, doesn't matter which three you won, like 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. And there were two areas. You just mentioned one of them being turnovers being the difference in the game to me. And it shows kind of the margin of error that you can't play really, really poorly and give the ball up to another team uh, like the Texans and still expect to win the game by 14 points or not have it come down to the second half or the fourth quarter. And you have to step up and make these plays. And so between that and then the penalty yards, I mean 10 penalties for 102 yards and we can complain about the refs all we want, but that was every time the ball was in the air and there was any kind of 50-50 ball between a defensive back and a receiver. I'm just assuming a flag is going to get thrown, whether that's the refs or that's the way the defensive backs are playing. I just don't have any confidence when that's happening that the Chiefs aren't going to get a flag thrown on them in those situations. And then we just saw the play right there, which I think could have been the play of the game for anybody outside of Patrick Mahomes. But the catch by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, if he doesn't make that catch at the end of the first half, I don't know how we're talking about this game or how we're talking about this offense. And that was his most important and his most impressive play that he's made so far in a chief's
3: uniform and the timeliness of it you know situation like you just kind of said like the magnitude of that play it's you know it's it's a nice catch it's a you know being able to come down and make sure you're staying in bounds and and, and completing the catch down there but yeah just it's the timeliness too and it's it's a shame that this game came down to to timely moments like that but at the same time it's a the chiefs are gonna need marquez valdez gantling in a big way when these games matter the most and you know, hopefully this is something that instills a little bit more confidence in him moving forward. Uh, because again, yeah, this team's going to need him a lot, uh, come, come,
2: uh, come January. And one more thing before we bring on Maddie and, and, uh, Craig to talk about this one more player that we need to talk about here off the top and, uh, Clark, the play he made at the, on, at the end of the game. I mean, that was a game saving type play. Uh, he doesn't do that. Who knows what's going to happen. They just need a field goal. They don't have to go that far. Um, That is exactly why it. when we talk about his production throughout the year and his regular season numbers, he's not putting up 12 to 15 sacks. I don't care about 12 to 15 sacks. I care about plays like that. He did that during the Chiefs Super Bowl run. I know that's a couple years ago now, but those are the plays that Frank Clark needs to step up and make in those kinds of moments is exactly what he did. Great job by Willie Gay, obviously, to hop on that football. But in uh, the day, Chiefs get the victory. I know it's going to probably take a turn for the negative here in a second as we start uh, kind of diving into how the game ended up uh, like it did right now. But shout-out to Frank Clark and shout-out to Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, again, for 10 catches, 88 yards, making some really big catches and some big moments, uh, proving to be another safety valve for Patrick Mahomes in this game. So, Kent, um, unless you got anything else, we can bring on your buddies. Let's rage. All right, let's bring on Craig Stout and Maddie Lane, the other two-thirds of the KC Laboratory right now to help break this one down. Craig, let's start with you. Uh, Where do you want to go with this and overall thoughts on this performance?
4: Okay, before we start diving into the stuff that's going to piss us all off, seven straight. But let's start with that. I've been following this team, been a fan of this team for long enough to where a divisional title would have been something to be excited about seven straight matters yes they did not play well yes they beat one of the league's worst teams in a game that they should have run away with and didn't but winning in the nfl is hard winning division titles in the nfl is hard you win seven straight hat tip to andy Reid to this chiefs team for winning seven straight (laughs) afc west division titles BJ BJ put his AFC West
3: champion hat on for anybody <laughs> that's just listening to this.
2: I got a hat and a t-shirt.
3: I I love I love so so much that this is the game that the Chiefs have hat and t shirt. It's a hat and t shirt game. I love I don't it's just the irony is just incredible, Matthew. Perfect. Oh no, it, it
5: it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, listen, I understand where we're about to have to go with the rest of this game, but I this game was a lot of fun. It was just chaos and a lot of fun. It's back-to-back weeks. Just, you know, back-to-back weeks of a chaos game. But I don't know. These kind of games are fun, I guess, when this happens. When you expect it to be kind of ugly and then get over at halftime that a bunch of weird stuff happens, it almost makes it a fun watch. And I'm going to take, like, BJ's place. I, I was never really stressed out watching this game. Like, I thought they were going to win the entire time, even when they get the overtime. They, they, yeah, they were going to win I, the whole time. So, I don't know.
3: Fun I... Day. I, I actually kind of, I don't know if I ever really like thought that this game was really in question. Um, yeah, you're right. Like I, even through overtime, I'm not entirely sure that it was, that it was ever in question, but <laughs> it's just, there's so many little things about this team and they're not new things. They're not new. These are not new things with this football team. Where like BJ is the eternal eternal optimist, right? And BJ has seen championship DNA figure itself out and win games and solve problems because the leadership in that group is so strong. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't oh looking- go
2: whatever I don't think they will play like. I don't think they'll play down to their opponents. We've said this about Andy Reid teams forever. Whenever they play a team like this, it always ends up being closer than it should. Doesn't excuse that this team might have the same kind of performance in the playoffs, but I expect them to play better football and not make the same kind of mistakes that they did against the Texans today. So are they good enough? That's a fair discussion, but it's also fair to say they're not getting up for the Texans like they will against the Cincinnati Bengals at home in the divisional round or against the, the Dolphins in the wild card round.
3: Yeah, but okay, but here's where I'm starting to, and this is kind of where things were heading a little bit with me last week. And I think more things are just getting magnified. I don't think, I, I don't know if there's much better. The defense can do to improve up front. I don't know if there's much that this, this, their the safeties are not all of a sudden going to be able to cover and tackle magically. And I don't think there's any leadership in that secondary with the with the with the coverage and the tackling guys. I don't I don't know if I don't know if there, there's there's anybody that's really, you know, binding that group together and, and helping them solve problems. Then we have the special teams issues. Harrison Butker is bad. It's we have a Harrison Butker problem, and I'm sure we'll get to all these things. I'm just like the laundry list for this football team of issues is bigger than it's ever been, ever. In the Patrick Mahomes era, and this is a team with one of the worst defenses in the history of football in 2018. Yeah, yeah you be you be careful with throwing
4: around that ever here. No, 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 no!
5: no. What was the turnover credential in 2018? N- Let's talk no. about the defense. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. The defense allowed 223 yards and what 3.8 yards per play. Guess what? That's below the Houston Texans' season average.
4: They, they also terrible. allowed a hundred yards of penalty yardage, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, no, that's we why
5: did. <laughs> we did. But that's an entirely different point. And we can talk about the, the lack of, you know, concentration or the lack of, you know, playing well. I think that'll boil into the turnover talk too, but defensively mm-hmm. they held the Texans under what their season average. Was. Yes. The Texans scored points. And again, that's another conversation that leads you to an entirely different point. The Texans had 223 total yards. They averaged 3.8 yards per play. That is below their season average. This terrible offense remained terrible in terms of gaining yards versus the Chiefs' defense. Everyone's really upset with the defense. They still weren't good. They you still were not about? a good offense at all. That's, I just want to make that, we got to get that out there in front. The Chiefs' defense looked bad in stretches, and those penalties certainly play a part. It's not like the Texans' offense was playing great football either, still.
3: You make your money in the red zone and on third <laughs> no. down. And the Chiefs' 40% on third down, by the way. Uh, penalties and
1: red zone office.
3: I'm just saying
1: you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city, KC sports network.
0: We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Don't worry, the NFL shop just sent out the email that's got the new gear. If you want to get an AFC West championship t-shirt or hat. Right now, you guys, tell me if I'm wrong, Craig. I know you chart the defense, and it started to open up a new discussion. I don't see a single statistic on here from Chris Jones in this game. Not a tackle, not a pressure, not even a proof that he was out there within the box score of this game because defensively, and you talk about the defensive line, I don't expect Chris Jones, and I think there were reports that he wasn't feeling well and that there were issues – health wise for him going into this game. So talking about difference between today and what could happen in the playoffs, expect Chris Jones to be healthy, hopefully uh, going into the playoffs. If he's not, then this, yeah, this is probably what we're going to see in the playoffs because I would expect a defensive player of the year type candidate player to make a bigger impact than what we saw today. What we saw today is what the chief defense looked like when they don't have a guy playing at that level. And that's not going to be good enough. I just don't expect that to be the case in the playoffs.
4: I mean, he did draw a holding penalty. So he he did have one thing that that went for him. No, this was a quiet game for Chris. And so a lot of the negative plays that we typically see are down because right now, this defense relies on Chris Jones. It's kind of built like the offense is a little bit where you're like, hey, you're our superstar player. Please go out and make plays. That's what we're going to lean on. And on games that Chris Jones doesn't right now with this iteration of the defense, it, it sucks. Like it looks Bad. Yeah, we can sit here and talk about how, yeah, yards per play were down. Yeah, some of those penalties were BS. I'm screaming at my TV just like the rest of you for some of those. Like I, I'm I look at it from that perspective and I see all that, but I know what I watched there. And I watch a team that didn't have the same intensity, wasn't making plays behind the line of scrimmage, wasn't coming up and contending for some of these plays the way that we have seen them early on in the year as this season has gone along we've seen this team regress on the defensive side of the football. And it's a little bit scary right now because this is the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans, two of the very worst offenses in the league that just hung 28 and 24 points on this defense. Now, one thing when you're looking at that Bengals game, and you say, man, they didn't tackle well, but they only allowed X amount of points. They were in it throughout the entire game. You, you, I'm, I'm on board with that, whatever. You, know, you clean up tackling, that game's a little bit different. These games against the Broncos and the Texans, these, offense, these offenses shouldn't be putting up these kind of points, period. It doesn't matter who they're playing, it, whether it's the Chiefs' defense or another defense. They shouldn't be putting up these kind of points. And to see them kind of come out with some of the lackadaisical effort at times. You know, it, again, that Broncos game started well. This game started pretty well for the first two drives. But the lackadaisical effort at times is really uh, rough to watch. It really is rough to watch. I mean, I know a lot of people in the discord there, like, you know, they're asking "Is what's your confidence level in the Chiefs winning this game when it went to overtime? 10. I put a 10 because you got Patrick Mahomes there. When Patrick Mahomes takes that sack, it wasn't a 10 anymore. And it was because I'd watched this defense kind of get walked throughout the entire second half. And that was the scary part there. Now, Frank Clark makes a huge play, comes up big, Willie Gay with a fumble. Awesome. Walk it off with a Jet McKinnon touchdown. But there aren't, as many of those types of negative plays that this defense creates to make up for the times that they just can't get a stop or get off the field.
5: I mean that's that's ultimately where I mean the big flaw comes in with the defense, right? Is that they are making they they're making mistakes and they are not able to bounce back and, and make up for them uh, at a reliable clip. Yes, that was a, a great play by Frank Clark to come back after you know slipping and forced a fumble there in overtime to win the game. But besides that, you're waiting all game for them to kind of make up for some of these penalties or to help the Chiefs offense out that has their own turnovers. Like the Chiefs give up a 17-yard touchdown drive and a 49-yard touchdown drive. That's two short fields leading to 14 points that directly impact a defense that – outside of those drives, played relatively fine. Not great versus level of competition, but fine. It's just, if there was a game where you were expecting a little bit more dynamic play from a defense, this would have been it. And it's just simply not there. And at this point in time, I mean, we're deep into the season. We're deep into here. It's it's not coming. This is not going to be a dynamic defense. This defense is not going to be one that you can go into a game expecting them to make plays, to turn the ball over, expecting them to make negative plays. So they have to be able to roll with that. They have to be able to understand that. And that also goes back to, you're going to build this team around Patrick Mahomes being a superhero and carrying, you know, the team can't turn the ball over on offense, especially when it's not coming from his hand. Like that's, that's the biggest no, no they can have Oof, is turnovers, yeah. not from him. When you have a defense, it's not going to create turnovers on their own either.
2: I don't know about you guys. I did not have any confidence at the end of that regular season at the end of regulation, when they were basically playing for Butker to hit a game, winning field goal and taking the okay. ball out of 15's hands and giving it to Butker didn't, didn't like that way that was set up at all
3: I think I think that's one of the things that's so frustrating for me and like one of the big takeaways is just game management and you know it's 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 always difficult to to question such a fantastic football coach and one of the best football coaches in football and Andy Reid but there are definitely some moments and some things and some game management questions that have always been part of his legacy that are still going to be part of his legacy I think as long as he's a coach and I think just get, like Mahomes has five incompletions on the day, right? Like that's it. <laughs> he has five incompletions on the game in the day. And we've seen this team fumble twice. You've seen your rookie running back fumble. You've seen Juju Smith Schuster fumble and kill drives that Mahomes was, you know, w- was, was, was performing well in. And instead of, Hey, let's let the best player in the world, go, go, go win this football game for us. Let's take him out of the game. Let's take him out of the game. Let's 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 like, the Houston Texans had to be thrilled that the Chiefs were actively taking Patrick Mahomes out of a game-winning drive, because I the best way to beat Mahomes is not to beat Mahomes, it's to beat everybody else around him, and like that's what happened. The Chiefs went to overtime because the Chiefs elected to literally basically neuter the best player in the world. It was a lot of running down the field. They played for a 50-plus yard field goal. They've got the yep. ball with four and a half minutes left. And instead of trying to let the best player in the world go be great, they decided to manage the game with the run game. I think that's a, that's a horrific a horrific decision. It almost cost them the game against literally the worst team in football. Literally the worst team in football. And I just I don't understand that. You can't have that happen especially since you need him to get some reps in some of those situations, I think. I, he's already a lead at it. I get it. But it's always good to have more opportunities. Help him build some confidence because there's been some shaky moments this year. The Texans are the exact team. You should go out and let him go win the football game.
4: And they but just get I I it. Go,
3: go ahead, BJ. I was,
2: I'm going to throw it to you here in a sec, but Matt, you brought up a point earlier that I want to reiterate because it is – the I don't know if it's juxtaposition, but it, it's really interesting that we're all – so disappointed in this game and i am closer to kent and you guys than i was last week after this performance i'm seeing some of the comments going please give us those comments those uh questions you've got let us know your thoughts tucker will bring them up onto the screen and we'll react to them as the the show goes on But it's amazing that the offense puts up over 500 yards. Patrick Mahomes has five incompletions and plays at an MVP level. The defense only gives up 223 yards. And we're all rightfully like, what the fuck is going on with this team? We don't feel as confident about them winning a playoff game as we would have even a few weeks ago. And I think all of that is fair to say. It's just amazing when you step back and you're like, well, the offense put up a lot of yards. Defense didn't give up a ton of yards. We did win. But man, like everybody is so upset. And Maddie, one of the things I know that you mentioned during the game we were talking about or towards the end that you wanted to talk about is just the lack of the vertical passing game. I talked about it with Brett Coleman with all the cover two they run. He expected some more deep shots to uh, MVS or Justin Watson, the one that they were, uh, that they illustrated during the game that they missed on. Brett was expecting more of those. I thought we would see more of those. What What did you notice during the game schematically that was surprising to you?
5: So I think first it's, It's kind of interesting that like, you know, it seemed like the Chiefs were entirely missing a vertical presence and they still threw for over 300 yards with five incompletions and they really didn't have that much of an issue moving the ball, right? So it's not like this completely shut down their offense, but I I think the Texans did a good job. They played a lot more single high than I ever would have anticipated and a lot more man coverage for a secondary that's relatively beat up. So yeah, we showed like MVS and Mahomes are off script on that one deep corner route, right? Well, the thing is, that play where Mahomes throw it through it works great versus cover two, but ended up being cover one and man coverage. And I think he just kind of missed the throw, but the Texans were kind of daring the chiefs to beat them over the top with the, with the vertical passing game. They just didn't try it besides those two times. And one was kind of a Justin Watson type drop. And then the disconnect with MVS, they're just not threatening over the top. And I don't think they need, they clearly didn't need it versus the Texans to be productive. They needed it against the Bengals to be productive, though. That was one of the ways they were able to move the ball down the field. It just seems like they're really inconsistent being able to get into it. And I don't think the Texans were taking away the long ball. Like, it wasn't there. They weren't taking it away. They were letting the Chiefs go down there and challenge them vertically, and they just simply couldn't make it happen. I think part of it was the Texans got a good amount of pressure. The Chiefs just seemed a little out of sync, even though the stats lined up. So, I don't know. It's just something to watch down the stretch here. I would really like to see the Chiefs' vertical passing game find a little bit more consistency because I think they are going to need it to win some playoff games. You can't just pick apart zone coverage with Juju Smith, Schuster and Travis Kelsey and win four games versus four really good teams to win a Super Bowl. You have to have another element and they're struggling to find that other element consistently right now.
3: I I'm on the list of concerns I have for this football team. That's not the highest by any stretch of the word. Um, I get what you're saying for sure. I've, I've seen enough games where they've done it, where I think that in their, in their biggest games, they're going to be able to generate some shot plays one thing though I do find very interesting about this game, the Chiefs had one pass play longer than 20 yards to Jarek McKinnon. Is that a screenplay? Definitely it wasn't air Probably. yards. It wasn't air yards, that's for sure. Um, so I just that's that's kind of that's quite interesting. Three hundred and thirty-six yards in the air, still a very good game. Was that his uh, touchdown? uh and
5: was maybe. that the receiving? i don't know if it was the receiving touchdown i just that was I'm
3: probably maybe. around that Might have been. that that sounds about right
4: i want to see this the, yard, the yards on the dock. i want to see
2: the yardage on the screen game out of this because i'd say at least the, probably a third of his yard passing yards in this game were probably on screens
3: just don't tell yeah. that to mvp voters please <laughs> and last
5: week i mean let's and last week let's not I mean, yeah, yeah not uh, who, that too
4: they're coming off of a game against the Denver Broncos where they they were putting up big explosive plays right and left. Yeah, they had they had 6 of them against the Broncos defense is way better than this Texans defense. Now, the Texans defense in the red zone and the fire that they played with today like seriously. Uh could the Chiefs bring some of that home with them please? Two like, straight weeks the Texans have been competitive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They they gave
3: Dallas all that they gave Dallas all they could handle last week. It was a 27, 23 football game.
4: But before we move too far off of off of the offense, go to something else here, run game today, run game was really good. It really was good. Isaiah Pacheco was really good. That's, that's a, a weird fumble, man. You got, you got two hands on the ball and you're running full speed into somebody. And that just pops out, lands on the ground right underneath you. That's, That's a weird-ass fumble. Other than that play and a pass protection play, he was pretty good on the day. I'm glad they came out in the third quarter right out of the half and said, listen, we're going to give the young kid a bunch of reps. We're going to keep feeding him the ball, and we're just going to keep pounding, and they did and it looked really good when they were doing it. I loved right before the half with Jarek McKinnon that they were just using him as a blitz beater over and over. Houston sending the house, and they were just dumping it down to the flat, allowing Jarek McKinnon to do that. That's exactly how you beat the blitz. That is exactly what you want to do. It's nice to be able to lean on running backs in this offense right now because so many teams are playing a bunch of too high. I know the Texans didn't today, but so many teams are playing a bunch of too high. Those dump-offs can go for big yardage, and they did today.
3: One other thing, really quick, I credit how quickly Mahomes was getting the ball out of his hands in those situations. Oh, so quick. He, like, that, I love seeing that out of him because that's just a sign of that progression. Hey, the blitz is coming. I know my answer. I know my out. I know my solution to it. And just because it's in the flat doesn't mean it isn't lucrative, which we kind of found out um, a little bit today uh there so i yeah just sorry i just wanted to jump in real quick on that hey hit the like button hit the subscribe button leave comments if you're watching this by the way we really appreciate everybody watching it if you hit the like and subscribe button uh it helps us grow this channel like and subscribe to celebrate the afc west champions for the seventh straight year the kansas city chiefs
2: yeah, I want to jump in here real quick too, and obviously we're doing this game, are uh, doing this show uh, remotely again, and the, our proud sponsor of this show is the Kingdom Bar and Grill. Um, it will be uh, closed for another couple of weeks. I know that uh, we had talked briefly about it, um, and since the service has passed, I thought I'd let people know the owner of the bar had unexpectedly passed away, uh, and now they're trying to figure out what to do with that bar um and when they're going to open back up how they're going to do that whole deal so we're just kind of in a a sit and wait mode uh right now but uh tragedy there and uh, for people that have asked i've seen a a few things and people reach out to me that's why uh, we're doing these shows remotely while the bar is currently closed um but uh thinking about their family right now especially heading into the holidays um but guys as i have a question i want each one of you to answer because it's not necessarily about this game but it can be Down the stretch, three regular season games left to go. Now the Chiefs are guaranteed at least one home playoff game because of the win and winning their division. Who, If you had to pick one player that is not playing at the level that you expected when this season started that needs to turn it up a little bit, not saying going from being a below-average starter to an all-pro, but who's one guy that needs to play better for you guys to feel more confident about their ability to close out the regular season with three wins, go into the playoffs and make some kind of a run and let us know in the comment section, who is that player for you guys? Tucker, bring this up and we'll react to as many as we can. Craig, let's start with you.
4: I mean, Harrison Butker, please. Like, I mean, at this point, yeah, I know the chat's going crazy with it too, but like, I mean, it it is like at this point, uh, Andy Reid puts a lot of trust into Harrison Butker. Whether you believe in Harrison Butker or not, he is with this team for a little while because they keep restructuring his contract. It is very hard to get out of it. And granted, kicker money is not huge, but they can't just walk away from him and eat a whole bunch of dead money on a kicker. Andy clearly believes in him and puts him in these scenarios. So please hit some of these. It looked like in that extra point that he planted a little bit weird and didn't, his foot got stuck in the, in the turf there and over-rotated a little bit. Then he comes out there on the field goal and just, just hooks it, just yanks it. And, you know, we, we've heard Andy now say enough times or Dave Tobe enough times to say, Hey, you know, Oh, you know, it didn't draw like he wanted it to. Oh, that didn't happen like it wanted to. And at this point, like, what do you have to do to get that man to the point where you could trust him again, like a 51 yarder, Like That's a tough field goal. I'm not trying to say that's a gimme field goal by any means, but those are the ones that you're paying him to make. You're paying him the kind of money for a kicker that you are because he usually makes those and you expect him to make those and you especially expect him to make extra points. But that's got to come up. That's got to come up even just marginally. Get back to league average in those numbers and just be better. Since he Steph Curry
5: that one kick, uh, ooh, it has been a stark downhill turn for (laughs) Bucker. I'm gonna take the other low hanging fruit. Yeah, agreeing with Brian Campbell here, Orlando Brown Jr. um, He wanted a lot of money. He hasn't been a lot of good. Um, He's been about average. But the Chiefs need him to be better than average. The Chiefs need Orlando Brown Jr. to be what he was down the stretch last year, or in the playoffs where he was above average like right I they don't need him to be trent williams they don't need him to be the best left tackle in the nfl but they do need him to be better than a you know than just an average starter in the league especially because on the opposite side with andrew wiley you know that's gonna be that should be the weakest point by far of this offensive line and that's okay like there's gonna be you know the least good quote-unquote player out of a group of five you know it's wiley the problem is you can't have orlando brown jr barely being better if at all and the big issue comes when For the Chiefs, I mean, Patrick Mahomes in this game had, you know, his average intended air yards were 5.5 yards. He was barely pushing the ball down the field, and a lot of that is the Texans' defense, but the pass protection just simply wasn't that good. And it's not all on the tackles. He runs out of some clean pockets. The interior offensive line wasn't great, but the lack of confidence this team plays with in their tackles. The amount of times I've seen the Chiefs double chip Defensive ends this year is crazy compared to Andy Reid. You look at them when they had Fisher and Schwartz both healthy. They got five guys out into route immediately. That was the entire offense was how do we get five out as quick as possible? Now they're spending so much time designing ways to chip defensive ends that doesn't mess up the pass drop of the, the pass set of the offensive tackle. that doesn't mess up the timing of their route concepts. Like It's a lot of work to protect both tackles right now, and they do. They both need protection. That's the issue you got to be confident that Orlando Brown Jr. can go out there and play against any defensive end in the NFL and be okay. Right now, you're worried that any any defensive end is going to dominate him for an entire game. Like, that's a problem.
3: I don't think I've seen Justin Reed really make a splash play all season. I And this team, if they're going to find some splash plays in the back seven of their defense, I think that has got to come from Justin Reed. And you know what? I, it doesn't even necessarily need to be splash plays for him to make a big step it's just doing the little things better, tackling better, covering better, because he's been a disappointment to this point in his, in, in his first season as a Kansas City Chief. There were higher expectations for this player than, 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 than what, you know, what we've seen out of him. I mean, this was unfairly or not. <clears throat> sorry. This is supposed to be the Tyron Matthew replacement, not necessarily completely like for like in game. But, hey, this is a young, high-character football player that's shown ability to do a lot of different things. Steve Spagnuolo is going to get to use in a lot of different ways. Well, you can put him wherever you want. He's got to make some plays. He's got to tackle. He's got to cover. Try to make some plays on the football. It's not been good enough. He's been a huge disappointment this season. The only time, he, the only time we've, we've heard from him is when we heard from him.
4: I think, I think the funny part is this might have been Justin Greed's best game. But like, uh, literally, yeah, yeah. I had a tackle for loss, a pass defense, and six solo tackles. But it's still, I know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not disagreeing enough. with you at all. It's just funny that your best today, game can't be have,
3: against the Texans. Yeah.
5: 14 yeah. I mean, games into the season, season, his past couple have been all right. I actually don't think he was terrible versus the Bengals. He was pretty good versus the Broncos, and he was fine, like good in this game. Like he's playing his best ball now. But I think to your point, it's just you don't feel that impact. You very rarely feel yeah. that impact. That's the issue because he was replacing the guy that was having the most impact on your defense for the years prior.
2: And I I tweet out during the game and this isn't my, I'll get to my player here in a second, but the linebackers in coverage it, I know you guys we've talked about Nick Bolton and it's such a, a hot button, hot button topic for chiefs fans that, that look at the tackles and they see him make plays and they see him, When he wraps up a guy, he doesn't miss a lot of tackles, and that's one thing. We talk about the coverage, but it was also Darius Harris today. It was also Willie Gay. Every one of them got beat in a big moment um, or in a big play that ended up being one of the bigger plays for the Chiefs defense in a negative way in this game. Uh, Darius Harris got beat by Jordan Akins Willie Gay got beat by Jordan Akins and had the penalty and then Nick Bolton got caught up uh, with the pass out to the flat to Burkhead early in this game when they converted the two the third and nine and a third and ten on that first touchdown drive for the Texans both those plays had to do with linebackers and coverage but the player for me and this is hard for me and I know I get a lot of shit uh, from a lot of people because I'm generally optimistic but for me it's Juan Thornhill um, I expected Juan to play better this season um, The problem for me is that I I know Juan a little bit. I know we've all seen him play better than this. So I don't know if it's the lack of Tyron not being back there Um, because it's not a health thing anymore. He's coming back from that injury. I don't know what it is this season that's causing him to not make the same kind of plays, whether it's in the past game with his instincts, that that was the deal for him coming out. We saw that earlier in his career, just haven't seen it this year. And I, again, I don't know if it's a communication thing. I don't know if he's being asked to do things differently or do more, and it's causing him to, to play slower or not as confident, but for me, Juan Thornhill needs to be the guy that figures it out over the next three weeks and steps up because when you go to the playoffs and you're going to play Miami or you're going to play Cincy or you're going to play Buffalo, three teams that can throw the football and have weapons that can throw the football, either get your hands on a football or be a presence back there that is going to remind people that you can't just go across the middle and make a play. He's got to make some sort of an impact, whether it's physically or whether it's instinctually taking the ball away. I, he, he's got to be better.
4: He does. He does. And, and I mean, we've been talking about the middle of the field coverage all year long, it feels like. And it showed up again today in a big, big way. Maybe Jordan Akins is really good, Kent. Maybe he's really, really good, Kent. But, you know, I I, I was a big
2: fan of the 27-year-old Jordan Akins coming out of college after his minor league baseball career. Let me tell you, BJ, there's
5: an Oregon tight end this year that's in his ninth year of eligibility, I'm pretty sure. So I got a guy for you
2: i i like it i was i have the receipts i was a big jordan akins fan he yeah. had the three touchdown performance against the chiefs earlier He he's a, just a chief's killer in that kind of mm-hmm. way he's always played really really well against him right we've got about 10 more minutes on the show again please hit that like and subscribe uh turn the notifications on we'll be breaking this one down all week is uh the chiefs next game is next saturday um against the seattle seahawks at home at noon and we'll break we'll get Quick thoughts looking forward onto that one. Uh, Guys, throughout the rest of this week, I know there's only so much you can take away from media availability and all that. And I know Tucker is going to let us know if anything super interesting is said during a press conference uh, besides Andy Reid's. (laughs) It it was a weird game is what Coach Reid said after the game. I'm sure he said a lot more, but that's the one comment that seems to be making the rounds on social media. I
3: I have one more that I do do see you in this real quick if I can jump in here. I do think is. Uh, Andy Reid wow. acknowledged that Harrison Bucker is in a bit of a slump, similar to a hitter in baseball. He'll get through it, Reid said. You've got to keep kicking. That's from by Nate Taylor. Fine with him kicking. Would rather the the ball be in Mahomes' hands though. Uh, ten out of ten times than that, than Harrison Bucker right
5: now, But I think so. that's that was what I wanted to say earlier. Is I think that's an Andy Reid thing though, right? You th- mm-hmm. He's going to go into the playoffs with a kicker that has no confidence in a situation where he might have no. to make a kick. I mean, we've done this song and dance with Andy Reid for years. I agree. I think, I think one of Andy Reid's flaws is he placed a little too much trust in every part of his team. I think he trusts his defense to make stops a little too often. I think he trusts his kickers to make longer kicks than he should. But you're going to say he he's you know, not going to try to build up that trust going into the playoffs. Like I get the rationale. I especially get it using our point from earlier against the Texans. Why not let him try in a tie game against the Texans from that point? Worst case, you go to overtime. Yes, it puts pressure on the defense to get a stop, but we've been over it. yards per play, 223 yards. Like the fact that you probably feel confident going into overtime with the better quarterback for this game, try to build the confidence. I understand the logic. I don't know if I agree, but I understand it.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
1: entertain, educate, inform KC sports network.
2: All right, fellas, do we want to talk a little Seahawks or do we want to keep talking about this one? Cause again, to reiterate it, the chiefs won the football game, Nate Taylor tweeted out, there were no injuries coming out of this one. And so actually, you know what I have, I have one segment out cause I talked about this and I want to know your guys' thoughts. Cause you do a lot more of the X's and O stuff than I do, but getting Kadarius Tony back in this game And I tweeted out, it seemed to open up a lot of the playbook that hadn't been there. The jet sweeps, the ghost action stuff. You saw it on the touchdown to Jarek McKinnon. How big do you guys feel like that is to the way that Andy Reid likes to call the games to put that skill set back out onto the field, to have that threat of the screen game, the different ways that he's got guys moving horizontally before the snap?
5: Matters a ton, especially in the red zone. Like it, they play such a huge yeah. role in what they did. And I think you saw it early on. They got him out there. They put them in jet motion. They used that motion and it had some impact. I don't think the Texans were overreacting a ton. And that's part of being a well-coached team that plays a lot of zone is they're going to just have guys over there in general. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to matter going forward. I don't know if you saw a huge impact from this particular game, but I think going forward, it'll matter. I also like that they came out and actually handed the ball off to Sky Moore and the Reds on one of those motions. Didn't get a ton of yards, but you at least show the willingness to hand it off because if you do happen to be down Hardman and Tony again in the playoffs, you need a defense to at least anticipate that they might hand the ball off to him once in a while. So, like, it's there. I like it. I like that he's back. Hopefully McColl's back soon too because I do think that makes a huge difference once they get inside the 30-yard line for them.
4: And it doesn't just make a difference from the standpoint of – handing the ball off to those guys or getting some of those push passes to those guys, it opens up things for Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Like it really does because you get those linebackers that are having to take that extra beat to make sure, okay, where's the ball? Let me read the mesh point out a little bit further. Oh crap. Now I got Isaiah Pacheco at the second level already. And it does, It, it changes the way you can defend this team. And if that element isn't there, they don't trust it to be there. Then, you know you get to tee off a little bit more as a defense so it looked like Kadarius tony is on a little bit of a pitch count wasn't getting as many reps after the first you know kind of initial bit that's fine i'm fine get that hamstring healthy get mccall hardman back as well have those two guys as as both elements of that keep pushing sky more into those roles a little bit as well Put a lot on defenses' plates because they're already struggling hard enough to defend Patrick Mahomes. If You can get the run game going a little bit more too if you can build off of some of that jet motion and open windows up and for Patrick Mahomes as well. That just makes everything that much easier on offense. I'm
3: glad you brought it up, Maddie. Sky Moore getting one of those was very interesting to me. I don't know what the reasoning behind that was, just to continue to show that you can or show that you you know that you need to honor a little bit. I mean, looked fine doing it. It's just, I, that was just, that was interesting to me. I just, just something to, to pay attention to moving forward, especially since you've got all these guys that have the potential to be able to do it. I don't know what they're trying to set up or what they're trying to establish, but that's three guys that you can give the ball to in those kind of situations. And there is some threat. Now, now maybe not Skymore is not the same kind of explosive big play threat that a, a McColl or a, um, or a, a Kadarius is, but that guy can at least, you know, that guy can at least give you a little bit there.
5: Yeah. I think it's just important. It it plays the role of like, in case there's injury, you have a safety net and they tried, they tried to use that motion in the red zone with him before, never given the ball. Now you just hope it happens. I, hopefully they don't have to use him though. They clearly don't like to use him in that role. It's just, it was nice to put it out there to do it. So it was good to see.
2: All right, guys, let's talk a little bit of, as we look forward to it's, Seemingly a short week uh, as the Chiefs play on Saturday against the Seahawks, who just lost to the 49ers 21 to 13 this past week. So uh, how are we feeling about the matchup? Uh, I know you guys haven't had a chance to study it a whole lot yet, but how are we feeling about the matchup against the Seahawks? Seemingly the best team the Chiefs still have to face as they've got games against the Broncos and the Raiders coming up uh, after that.
4: Less good about it than maybe I did before the past two weeks. Um uh, I Seahawks are are reeling right now. They're struggling. They're they're really struggling to move the ball with any sort of efficiency. It looks like Tyler Lockett might miss this game, which would be massive, you know, with a broken finger. But you still got DK Metcalf, you still got Kenneth Walker, you still got Gino, who's playing well this season. He really is. And that defense flies around a little bit. You got a guy in Tariq Woolen that you don't want to throw at too terribly often as a rookie. So there there's enough pieces to make this interesting for the Chiefs. It's it is clearly their toughest game left. Just got to go out and handle business. Don't shoot yourself in the foot against the Seahawks team. I know we we've said it now how many weeks in a row just don't. Just don't do it. Take care of the damn ball. Play sound football, tackle well, execute well enough. And you'll be fine. You'll be fine against the Seahawks team that's clearly on the ropes.
5: I mean, the Seahawks have lost four of their last five games with their one win being you know, a one score win over the Rams playing John Wolford, who threw two picks in the game, right? <laughs> so like, they're clearly going through a bad stretch. Like, yeah, they looked like, you know, a month ago, you're like, oh, the Chiefs have one hard team left on their schedule. Are they though? Like, do they, did they even have, do they have a single hard team left on the schedule? Problem is the Chiefs are going to find a way to make it a hard team, (laughs) just like they do every other week. I mean, you know, I don't want to go too far off the Seahawks. It's just I expect the Chiefs, like most of the time, they are going to play around the same level of their competition, down up, whatever you want to call it. They are going to they're not going to come out and play their A plus game when they play a team that's inferior than them. We just that's not what they've been doing this year or in years past. So I expect another close game. I do think the Seahawks compared to the Broncos or the Texans. Are equipped to you know be actually threatening. Geno Smith's been good enough this year. DK Metcalf's been good enough this year. That offense has been good enough this year to actually be threatening to beat the Chiefs if it's close down the stretch. Unlike you know you feel like with the Texans and the Broncos, but I don't know. Seahawks are not playing good football as of late. That defense has been terrible. The offense has been rough. Like it should be another easy win. We just know what that looks like for the Chiefs. Yeah,
3: I'm not. I whatever. I, I think early lines are Chiefs minus nine and a half oh I, I don't know if I don't know about that <laughs> I don't know about that uh I I think it could be a really good test for these these uh these young corners though I mean like I think this could be a, a good opportunity for them to get some looks get some reps against some guys that are gonna will, being willing to try to give them some opportunities for a guy like DK Metcalf to make a play and honestly like the whether or not this game is interesting or not could come down to something like that so uh, there's some challenges that the the Seahawks definitely pre- present I, I'm not discounting them uh making this game very very competitive good thing the chiefs are back at home they probably aren't thrilled with the last two weeks that they put on tape so i think there's probably uh there's there's got to be some pride here at some point so uh i think i think you'll have a good performance from this football team but we'll, we'll see if we'll, we'll see what that means <laughs>
2: All right. We'll get final thoughts right after this, but you know what time it is. Get your glasses, get your drinks. If you're watching at home, make sure to grab that beverage. And Tucker's going to roll a quick video here before we do our toast game segment presented by our friends up at Holiday Distillery. go grab you some Ben holiday bottle and bonded bourbon. If you're the bourbon drinking type, or if you're like me and uh, you drank a little bit of everything, but I got my five farms. uh, We appreciate our, our good friends and our partners up at holiday distillery in Western Missouri. Make sure you go up there. If you got a free night or a free time, take the tour, uh, hang out in, uh, in the event center up there and the the welcome center. It's a great place, but uh, guys let's do our toast game MVP. uh, I'll go last Craig. Let's start with you.
4: Uh, yeah. My toast game MVP is the flag in Carl Cheffer's pocket. Got a lot of work today. <laughs> Got a lot of work. You put yes. in the work today. You know, you don't always earn your money. You did today, buddy. So, you stole. You
2: stole man. mine.
5: Oh. I'll
2: pivot. I'll pivot. Great Daddy. minds,
4: great minds,
5: buddy. Can, can I give a toast game to Lionel Messi for finally winning his uh, World Cup championship? Is that allowed? <laughs>
2: No, if not, sure. if
5: not, um, we're gonna go with Mike Dana. I, it was this, mostly at the start of the game, but Mike Dana's put together a couple nice games this year, where he's looking like a like a very good complementary defensive end, defensive lineman for the Chiefs. I don't think he's you know on pace to be a star, but I like we've seen some flashes from Dana this year to think that he's gonna get a little bit of money from you know coming up after his uh for rookie contract is over.
3: Oh, can you know how ugly this game was. Maddie Lane forgot to to give the toast game to Travis Kelsey, who became the fourth all-time leader in receiving yards at the tight end position today. Ten catches, 105 yards, leads the Chiefs in receiving, and surpasses Shannon Sharp in the top five, uh, now number four all-time. So uh, Travis Kelsey is my toast game. (laughs)
2: As much as I want to make it about Frank Clark, uh my guy, and closing it out at the end of the game, as much as I want to pour one out for the uh consecutive uh game sack streak for George Karloftis ending tonight, as he did not get his fourth straight game with a sack to threaten Derek Thomas's rookie so sack close record too.
3: Uh, close. Uh,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, with Ke- with Craig and kind of piggyback on Carl Cheffers, and I just want to raise a glass and toast. And I I don't know who in chief's kingdom hurt you? And I don't, I don't know what happened during some trip to Kansas city that has made you such a asshole to us. Every time you ref one of the games, it's just embarrassingly bad to the point at which you have people on social media that I'm not going to call out that are the most level-headed people in the world attacking the NFL officiating crews on social media. It's that bad. So I'm going to raise my glass for Tr- Carl Cheffers, and just say I'm sorry to whoever hurt you in Kansas City. It does not <laughs> represent everyone. And for the love of God, if we have you in another one of these games coming up, heaven forbid, an important one, I hope you can put all that behind you uh, and just look forward to a new year and not be such an asshole every time you ref one of our games because it's just getting really, really, really tiring. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> fun fact: uh, I'm going to credit Quentin, Quentin, Seymour. The Chiefs have been penalized tight. Penalized ten times, twice this season. Today against the Texans and the Monday night game against the Raiders. <laughs> oh, weird how that happens. Yep, coincidence. Yep. All right,
2: guys, final thoughts. Let's go reverse order. Kent, let's start with you. Final thoughts before we wrap the show up.
3: Hat and t-shirts are on sale, guys. I mean, I know it's an ugly way to celebrate, but this is. I mean, this <laughs> the Chiefs have won eleven games in a down season in a uh, year where we thought that they were going to take a step back and they kind of have taken a step back in a lot of ways and they've won 11 games because you have the best player in the world at quarterback. Anything can happen. The margin is probably not as big as it has been in the past for this football team. They can still do everything you want them to do because they have the best player in the world. He's done more or he's done as much with with what he's had than anybody in the league and I think he's continuing to prove that this year despite Tyreek Hill not being here.
5: For me, I think it's just The Chiefs have an easy schedule to end the regular season, and it's going to lead to some sloppy play because that's just kind of they're going to be playing down to their competition. It kind of stinks not having a little bit of a challenge down their last couple games. Like you want to feel good going into the playoffs, and even if the Chiefs come out and just comfortably beat these last few opponents, how great are you going to feel from beating the Seahawks and Broncos and Raiders? I mean, the divisional rivals you'll feel good about you've locked the division up with three games to go. Like you're essentially just playing for seeding to be the second seed going into the playoffs, not being challenged for over a month. It's just not the most fun experience watching as a fan. I think it's going to be hard and difficult to remember, Hey, they play all the good teams really close and beat some of them. Keep that in the back of your mind while they slog through beating some of these bad teams, you know, down the stretch here. Cause like that's still the same team. It just looks different when you haven't played them since the Bengals and you probably won't play another.
4: Yep. Uh, You got three divisional games left. That's right. I I called Seattle a divisional team. I am that old uh, to call (laughs) Seattle a divisional team. But you got three divisional games left. Stay up for them. Close it out. Handle business. Uh, Buffalo looked a little shaky there against Miami. They got the Bengals still. They got some stuff. The one seed is still in play. This team looks like a team that could really do with a buy right now to resort themselves. So just handle your own business. You got the best player in the world. Try and figure everything out in the final three games here, but seven straight AFC West titles for your Kansas City Chiefs. Outrageous.
2: I'll piggyback on that, Craig. As frustrating as this is, we are still in the golden age of Kansas City Chiefs football. Uh, They have never played at this level for as long as playing at this level in their franchise's history. So, again, as frustrating as this is, they won the game. They still have – the number one seed within their grasp if we can just damn it Miami if they just could have pulled it out <laughs> I it right. was so <laughs> frustrating to watch a lot of ball game uh, left
3: boys a lot of ball game left
2: But my final point is with three regular season games left to go, there is still time. This is more for the emotional uh, side from a fan perspective than it is what happens out on the field. There is still time for the defense to go out there and play at a dominant level to where you feel more confident than you do right now about this group. And so that's why I'm confident is that there's still more time to Be able to earn that confidence for the defense to go out and play really well down the stretch between the Seahawks, the Broncos, and then the Raiders game. If that doesn't happen, then that margin of error becomes just a couple of plays. Or you need a break here or there, which we didn't expect this Chiefs team to need as good as we thought they were going to be. But they're still every bit as good as the teams they're going to play against. They just need to make a few plays. So... As much as it sucks to say right now, and I'm fighting through the words as they come out of my mouth, everything the team wants to accomplish is still very much uh, right there for them to do it. They are still as good as any team that they are going to face that have also played really bad football at different points during this season. There's nobody out there dominating anything. So hopefully we get better performances over the next three weeks. I guarantee you. We will be talking about them at KC sports network with multiple shows a day over the next week. So please hit that like and subscribe button. We appreciate everybody for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, yeah, go chiefs. Congratulations. He said to Travis Kelsey for that whole deal. And uh, I'm going to, you know, my favorite thing to do for everybody still hanging on. We're going to drop we're going to put Tucker on the spot right now and bring Tucker on to get his thoughts on the game. And he has no idea that we're doing this and Tucker's going to take us home. Come on, Tucker uh hey what's going on um <laughs> as you can tell i was dressed and ready and prepared for this uh to happen uh yeah uh wins a win go chiefs um can't wait for <laughs> the next one <laughs> to, health and, to health and happiness we appreciate it. i love doing that to you tuck love you man love every love you all have a great week. Have a safe week. Have a great pre-Christmas week. If you're out there, uh, spend time with your family. Know what's important. Hug your loved ones. We don't need constant reminders when bad things happen to remind people to tell the people that you care about that you love them um and spend as much quality time as you can because no day is is promised so and we've been reminded of that over the next, over the last couple of weeks with some people that are very close to us here at the network so we appreciate all of you we'll see you next time and uh have a great week thanks for listening to kc sports
1: network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou, by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.